Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Strong Stylist. We're on episode 30 here. My name is Zenoda, and joining me, as ever, is Pedro. How you doing, Pedro? Yo, I'm doing great. We've been working, working. Yeah, we have been doing a lot of recording this past week. Today on Strong Stylist should be the last Actress Girls update of the year, the last review. We're going to be taking a look at their shows between 1220 through 1229, their big end of the year, Corican. But to start us off here, we have the very esteemed Jeff Brown, musician, composer, writer, and contributor for Monthly Pure Aggressive. How you doing, Jeff? Oh, great. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure to be talking about all this stuff with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Instead of just doing our end of the year discussion, I figured, why waste this opportunity? Let's review the shows that led us here. Let's start off with Actress Girls 1220. From Cuba first ring, the first match on the card was Chi Alba, Chika Goto versus Konamik and Kida On. I like that Konamik has been getting more matches recently. I think she's gotten a lot better really fast. Oh, yeah, she has. And, you know, she there was a brief period of time during the year where she was doing a lot. She was taking tickets. She was ring announcing. She would do a match in the middle of the show and then go back to doing ring duties. Yeah, she was... Was she was she out for a bit, or was she just not on the cards? I forget what it was. She was just not being booked. Um, but like every time I watch her, I like I'm entertained, <laughs> and I think Chica's also gotten like really good in the last I don't know three months, four months. Like I, I actually really do enjoy like everything she does now. Yeah, so, Chica's been a house of fire lately. So honestly, the, this match was like just uh, a great like way to start. So. Yeah, there was a loud strike exchange between Chica and Kira. Eventually, Chica Goto got the win with the Chuck Slam. Economic seals it in six minutes and six minutes and thirty-four seconds. The next match on this card was Bulldozer Todoroki and Maru Jodoshu versus Nagisa Shotsuki and Natsuki. This is an interesting team, Nagisa and Natsuki. They're not they're not in the same unit, despite how it may seem. They look like they would fit, but they make a fun little duo. I always forget they're not in the same stable. <laughs> yeah, they have teamed together a few times. And, uh, I mean, Nagisa's, I think she's getting good again. She had that time off with her injury. And I think, uh, I think, I think next year's going to be a big, or this year, I should say, is going to be a big year for her. I think she's got some, something to prove. Yeah, I think she does too. You know, like Pedro was saying, she had the injury as well as you were, Jeff. She had the injury in the early parts of this year, but she's also carrying on that legacy that Miyuki left of chops. Your chops are brutal. Oh yeah, frightening. Every time, uh, like I feel like she when she was missing, I was like, man, like I feel like, like something in the show is just missing. Like we don't have that person to <laughs> chop somebody. <laughs> so I'm glad. Um, I'm glad she started coming back and she got she she found she found her way again. She got her rust out and. Uh, yeah, I'm glad she's back. And again, the, this team, uh, odd, but it's every time they do team, I'm just like, yeah, it works. The orange and blue accounts. Uh, Bulldozer Todoroki picked up the win here with the bonsai drop in 10 minutes and 16 seconds. Next up, we had Nene Arihata and Chika, or Chiaki, rather. Sorry, I always do that. Chiaki Beast Rebellion taking on the team of Asako Mia and Miku Ano, the on and off again Asako Army. Nene's demeanor is real, real calm and collected. I like that about her. Yeah, another yep. person who's gotten like, like I, again, I started enjoying her more and more after a couple of months. I don't know. It's just like me 
like being biased towards the promotion, but it's just like every time I watch like someone like Nene and Chiaki, like I'm starting to like them more and more. Yeah, I think they're finding their way. I think most of that young roster is just, I think the guidance of all the veterans, they're just bringing out the best of them. And you're seeing it like every week, they're picking up new moves or new sequences. It's, I think that's part of what's great about this company. Yeah, definitely. And one of the best parts too is they're not all doing the same style. You know, you have, you know, you have your high speed wrestlers, you have your power wrestlers, you have your in betweeners. Yeah, we're techniqueers, so there's a lot of mix in between. It's not just, oh, one person trains them and they all kind of learn the similar style. It's a variety of styles that are getting incorporated into the promotion, which makes the matchups even more intriguing. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's. I mean, it's honestly why we watch uh, like every time we the show goes up because watching uh, like young wrestlers just evolve is just like probably the best part of the wrestling. Honestly, uh, also Jeff. I need your opinion. Asako Army, is it the greatest faction stable of all time? I mean, it's insane on paper. I mean, because Miku, you know, being the ace, you know, and she's so stoic, but she plays off Asako so well. She's, Asako is just a force of nature at this point, I think. She's, she's done so much, you know, with, with her, her Kairi and her, her great Asako stuff. It's, I don't know. I don't think there's another wrestler like her right now. It's it's she's really special. Yeah, she has amazing character work, and she leans into it full stop. She doesn't half-ass anything she does when she tries it. Yeah, I think she's like a gif away of being like viral. <laughs> like, like I think she's already viral, like just by like the stuff she does right now. But it's just like we're like that much close to like an explosion for her, to be honest. The only unfortunate uh, side effect is that the partnership with uh, AJPW, the crowd did not get her great Asako gimmick. They were not having it. Yeah, sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, that first night with All Japan was, uh, it was weird, but I think the second, I don't know if you've seen the second show with what they did, but I thought it was better. But um, yeah, Asako, I think, I think, I don't know. I, I yeah. I don't know. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I did watch the second night. They were more lively. They reacted better to the girls. I think they enjoyed more so the tall girls doing power moves, and then the smaller wrestler Natsuki uh, breaking out suplexes and stuff like that. Because they've seen Miku already, so they already know what she's about, kind of in a way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I just, I'm not sure they understood maybe what the company was about, maybe going in. So. Maybe they were caught off guard. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I could, I can see it too. Like we're obviously we're fans of promotion. We understand like the the dance comes before the the wrestling. But I can see it being very jarring. You know, an intermission of a all Japan show. Here come these girls come out, and they sing and dance, and then a match starts breaking out. You know, I can see them being like confused by it. Yeah, I don't think there was like any type of like pre like cursor or like any intro to them really like. Was there ever like a hey, this is Acris Girls, this is this, this is this? Besides the videos, like I obviously know, but has there really been any real intro for the All Japan stuff? Um, I'm not sure hundred percent if they did anything live with the crowd, they might have. I'll have to double check with Chris about it, but I don't know if they introduced them beforehand. No, I don't think there was, but I think for twenty twenty four overall, I mean like I don't mean this as like a harsh criticism. I think 
I think for fans in general, maybe some sort of like mission statement for them, you know, why they're, why they classify themselves as not pro wrestling, I think would help, you know, and maybe explaining the points maybe to new fans, the point system. I think if they were to do that, that would really help out. Yeah. And then some of it does get lost in translation too, because with the cozy nature of Acris Girls, it being in an all Japan setting, a lot of it kind of does feel like it gets lost in translation. With the, another cool part was they had Fuka on commentary. So anybody listening, you know, the pres- uh, their general manager was there being able to explain what was going on, who the girls were, what's, what's going on, uh, how they operate, things of that nature. Yeah, I bet that really helped, I think, to the Japanese audience for sure, to have Fuka there. Yeah. Like you're saying, Jeff, like if they do like a mission statement and explain everything, maybe they maybe they have a all Japan show where it's just Acres and we get the they get the full experience of it instead of just it being a intermission spot on the card. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the mission statement thing would be really cool, honestly, or like a, just a just a better way to intro them because I mean those those videos were cool and all, and like people didn't like them, people did, but like maybe. Maybe let's go a different direction with it, maybe. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. There's a lot of things they could do with this partnership that could benefit both parties, and I hope it doesn't just fizzle out because the girls aren't getting treated the way they should. But back to this match, Chiaki picks up the win with a burning hammer on Asako in 11 minutes and 7 seconds. Uh, They do an Asako Christmas bit after this. An intermission of the show, which leads us into Asahi versus me. Oh, I was very, yeah. yeah, I was very intrigued by this match because me, obviously, sometimes she gets underrated on her ability in the ring. She's not just idol number one; she actually is very talented between the ropes. Asahi, obviously, we know what she's about. Uh, coming over from Ice Ribbon this year, there's big knee chance in the beginning. Uh, Kuma violence is always on hand. <laughs> <laughs> he always gets violated. That poor yeah. bear. <laughs> he was holding on by strings by the end of this uh, run of shows. But Asahi yeah, picks up the win here. Sorry, go ahead, Pedro. Yeah, I've come to. I come to like. I mean, I like me like since the beginning, but I was just like, like now she could like wrestle, wrestle, <laughs> and especially when you put someone like Asahi in front of her, I'm just like, I'm so I'm so entertained by her. Like every time she's in the ring, so. Yeah, and the new gear switch up too makes her stand out even more. She's not just the blonde hair, all white gear. Now this, she has like this chocolate strawberry thing going on. I like it. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Um, I I wasn't sure which way that match was gonna go because me is part was part of the old system, but she's probably on the lower end of the veterans, you know. So I wasn't mm-hmm. super surprised that Asahi beat her because Asahi has you know challenged for the title and all that herself. So. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was good. Uh, me retired at the end of the previous regime and then came back later on in this new she, regime. She fooled us. She was like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm done. Nah, never mind. She's like, <laughs> I'm back. She's like, my people yeah. need me. Pro- yeah. Proper pro wrestler right there. I'm retired. And Terry Funk would be proud, you know. <laughs> Terry Brooke? Hell yeah. Terry, <laughs> Terry Funk. <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh. as they're saying, uh, Asahi does pick up the win here with a victory sunrise in eight minutes in two seconds. 
this next match, I was very, very interested in when it when I saw it on the card. But we have Sakura Mizushima versus Misa Matsui. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> oh, this, that, is, this is everything I wanted. Oh, I think this is one they could put out, you know, on YouTube and be, you know, get new fans, you know, showing a hey, this is one of our some of our top flight wrestling that we can offer you guys, you know. Mm-hmm. We didn't get too much of the high speed I expected we would get from them too, but this match really reminded me of um, when Sari came over to TGPW and wrestled. What was it uh, Maki Natsumi Natsupoi? Just oh, the yeah, way that yeah. match is structured as well. Like it's the veteran beating down the rookie, basically kind of like challenging her to do something, like begging her to like attack her and you know show her what she's got. Yeah, uh, I thought, I thought, yeah, Sakura didn't, she didn't maybe show all her cool moves, but I think, I think she had a, I think this was like a culmination, you know, after, you know, the last year or so of her just getting better every week. Mm -hmm. And she's naturally this incredibly like gifted in the ring. Like she does things uh, like on a whim, it seems, and it just turns out beautifully for her. Yeah, she's a natural. Like I, like I didn't realize it at first, and I'm just like, "Oh man, this, she's got it." Like, <laughs> I don't think there's anyone like kind of like her on the roster. Yeah, uh, eventually, uh, she shows a lot of heart. She starts firing up, but Misa eventually outmaneuvers her into a mousetrap pin. Misa does eventually give her props at the end of the match, and I don't know if they're. I'm not too sure about the translations because sometimes my. Uh, when I try to translate post-match comments, it doesn't really turn out well. There <laughs> gets some questionable results, but um, it seemed like they were discussing either Sakura possibly leaving Update and joining Teppin, or just her frustrations of her constantly losing and not being able to pick up a win in recent shows. Spoilers, we find out the show last night. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the Super Alliance. Yeah, yep. the Mega Power. Mega Power. It's don't implode this time. Oh. The new NWO has formed. <laughs> <laughs> and then the big match of the show, the main event, three-way for uh, Acros Girls Championship number one contendership match: Koki versus Natsumi Sumikawa versus Mari. Uh, Jeff, how were you feeling going into this match? I I thought it was gonna be. I mean, Natsumi is one of the I think one of the best wrestlers going. I mean, technically not a wrestler, I know, but um, I think she's one of the best going. And uh, Mari is you know, the heart and soul of this company. And Koki's always delivered, I thought, in main events. So I thought there was no way it wasn't going to be, you know, you know, great. Yeah. My my thought process was um, Miku beat Koki to win the belt. She beat her in the finals of the tournament. She also beat Natsumi earlier in the year. Just in the first big, big singles message started, they, they promoted in the new regime was Miku versus Natsumi. And those two bring out something special in each other. I'll get to it. I think it's the next show. They have a tag match. And they start doing... They just kick into another gear. But here, you know, Mari, obviously, like we... um, we, I talked about it on a couple shows before with Pedro and Jabroni, that we weren't sure if Mari even, like, was... Wanted to be a champion. If she even wanted to challenge or, you know, because she took on that role of... She took that step back a little bit from the spotlight to help train and help develop these young wrestlers yeah i think like like i legit didn't know what they're gonna do here like i 
but I think Mari was the best choice because they had to sell for the 29th, and I think this was the biggest match they could do. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad they did. Obviously, we we find out later how the match goes, but yeah, like, Mari probably was the person because they, I don't think they they haven't touched that ever. They didn't. They they avoided that match as much as they could. Yeah, they never touched the singles, and for a majority of the year, they were tag team partners on and off again. Oh yeah, they yeah those two have a long history, but um, I think I think like you're saying, the Mari was the choice because they've had they've they've had the 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 matches with Natsumi and Miku. Now it wasn't for the title before, but um, I think that's something they can go back to later, Natsumi and Miku, but. I think I think Mari's I think it's a good time for her because she has been like in that player coach role and she does so much behind the scenes that I think maybe, you know, maybe year one or whatever or so it was like she was focused on cultivating that that young roster. But I think it's time for her to, you know, be in the spotlight herself now. Yeah. And uh just to talk about that young roster for a second. Surprisingly, a lot of turnover that happened, like the, the roster we have now, there was even more people that were there that decided to leave. Like we had Himawari obviously go to TGBW. We had uh, Saki Kasaki. She left and she's doing her own thing now. But that roster was quite uh, bloated. Not bloated, but loaded for um, a good portion of the beginning of the year. Yeah, it gets loaded like every other <laughs> month. <laughs> like I, I feel like I see some new person pop up like every other show. I feel like it, or like um, like people like Chiaba, like she she's on and off. Like obviously she's newer, so we don't see her for like a while, and then she comes back. Um, Togi, Togi, Togi's like one of the main persons. I was like, oh, wait, who's this? Oh, I'm like, okay, <laughs> now I remember. <laughs> I have to like remind myself, like, man, you've you've been on one show, but now you've been on two. Now you've been on three. I'm just like, oh, like Jesus, we're. Like, if you just go look at the posters, <laughs> there's just a million people in those posters now. Yeah, and then what was it? Uh, Fujimoto left. I think she's still involved, like, behind the scenes with them. But she doesn't... She's not involved in active competition anymore. Yeah, she does a lot with, like, the, the helping, like, ticket sales and stuff and that kind of stuff, I think, at the venue. But Yeah, because I, I think it's her... It's her economic... Uh, her economic Fujimoto and Nagisa, they're all part of the same talent agency, I believe. Yes. Uh I actually I, I interviewed them last March at their YouTube studio. They uh they uh they were really cool, you know. And um I don't know if if uh Fujimoto if she's done, but she hasn't, you know, obviously said anything officially, but it, it might be something someday she might might want to try and come back. Yeah, because she was a blast, but I know it was an injury, right, that made her uh, decide to step back for a while? She had some injuries. I think she has um, maybe some health. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I don't want to, like, go on record and say anything. I've I've chatted with her a little bit, but um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what went into her um, deciding to step away. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> Like for some of them, they're just gonna be like, "Hey, like I don't want to hurt myself. I got other stuff to do." Yeah, that's always been like an unfortunate, unfortunate point of Joshi wrestling in particular is the young retirements. Yeah, let's let's the well, we just hope we see her again. <laughs> Definitely. 
But yeah, this match, um, uh, it was a uh, a lot going on here. Obviously, you had the three people. Koki tried to decapitate Mari with a lariat. Mari had a beautiful question mark kick in the middle of the match. Uh, Mari picked up the win here on Koki. Not simply not involved with the decision. Mari avoids the twisting splash into a blockbuster pin combo. She was holding on for dear life, hoping that Simi didn't uh, didn't break it because Simi was on the outside lurking back in. Yeah, this match ruled. Yeah, this, match, <laughs> this match did roll. This ended up being 11 minutes and 42 seconds. Mari calls out Mari calls out Miku. They acknowledge each other's fate that has been decided, and they're ready to do battle once again. Uh, fun little note. Uh, out of their all their singles match, I believe there's been four of them, and they're very spaced out. I was, I was telling Pedro yesterday, I think it was like 2017, 2018, 2021, or 2019, 2021, and now 2023, I believe it was like the spread of their matches. And obviously, yeah. uh, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. No, what I was gonna say, I was agreeing, a long history there, yeah, yeah, very long Correct. Ooh, yeah, that's crazy. Um, but obviously now it's this is a very very different Miku. She's the ace. She's has a crazy moveset, one we always admire every show we do. But how have you felt about Miku's reign so far up to this point, Jeff? I have um I have enjoyed it. Um, I thought her run, um, before even getting the title, I thought she was. I always felt like she carried herself like a champion. She just didn't have the belt to go with it. You know, that was my thought, you know, through 2022. And then in March, 2023, it was just made official. You know, she's the champ. Well, not yeah. now, but she was. Because a lot of people <laughs> touted her as an ace and uh, for good reason too. Like even before uh, she got the belt and a lot to see what she looked like being the ace. You know, we all knew that she had every tool in the world to be the champion, even before, like, when she had her last match for Ice Ribbon, before this new regime started. Like you are saying, Jeff, she obviously, she carries herself like champion. She looks like a champion, and then she's always developed. She's kept developing her moveset. She hasn't stayed, she hasn't been content with just staying the same equal. I don't know. She, you know, she has the lariat. She has the leg kicks, Styles Clash, the butterfly suplex. No, she has a lot of uh, tools in her kit. That Styles Clash, I was not ready for that in August. That was so <laughs> cool. I, I almost jumped out of my couch when she hit that. I was That was awesome. That's a, that's a crazy move to, for her to have. I love it. Oh, yeah. And also, yeah. too, a, a big point in her title run was that she was so hot that it even lit a fire under Act to want to have a challenge with her. And Act hasn't really been, you know, she's just kind of been, you know, in the shadows leading beast rebellion but for her to be like you know what i want to take a crack at you and see if i can break you oh yeah that was a great match and yeah to have have one with her like especially in like in, in 2023 an akiyasakawa match to be that good and like like probably one of her better performances like ever <laughs> like, oh i think it was probably one of yeah. her best like she wasn't terrible in stardom but she wasn't like an, a, a massive in-ring you know technician like others but she was always been a great character you know but mm. now she's just i don't know it was it was it was unreal yeah yeah, yeah. i think it sorry go ahead Pedro. yeah like i don't, I don't want to like I, i'm not saying she's like she's been like ever bad but like like having just 
at this age, at this point in her career, like having a match with her that good, I was just like, Miku, oh my god, like she's insane. <laughs> no, she is definitely insane. Um, I think it actually lit a real life fire under Act Two because she's gearing up to go to the states and do a excursion over here for the time being. Yeah, that's going to be exciting to see where she ends up in America. You know, this spring, like who exactly, who exactly, you know, is going to book her to be on shows, and who she's, who she's going to face. I think could be really interesting too. Yeah, because um, unfortunately, with the last Kitsune show. They had to pull her and Natsumi because of, you know, the different visions that Kitsune and obviously Act Wrestling have. But now that she's free from the shackles of that, she can wrestle whoever she wants, I'm assuming, when she comes over. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's it's going to be an interesting part of her career, you know. Yeah, the, the resurgence of Act, which is, you know, crazy to say in 2024. It, it is. Ins- wrestling's insane, but it just gets work i think it gets more insane every month i think yeah. <laughs> especially this past week has been loaded with news and just shows all over the place you sleep and you miss like eight shows crazy time oh exactly yeah hey yeah. we had we had buzzer beater of the year mashiro coming back <laughs> that was buzzer beater of the year for literally me. the 31st that, that that was another one that i think terry funk would be proud of it's like she retired and she's right back Literally a year later, on the day. Yeah, yeah, that was yep. that was the last thing I was think that would happen. Like, legit. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll just talk about that for a second. Like, she obviously, you know, she said that she was only going to do it for I believe it was three years. She was, but twenty three at the time, I believe, when she retired. Yeah, she's and quite then, young. Uh, obviously, she requested Suzu to be her last match. She had that great performance at, you know, at the show at um, Ribbon Mania. For the title tournament, now she uh, made it past Ibuki and then almost beat Sariano to win the belt. But then on her announcing her retirement, obviously her arm was still banged up at the time. And for her to, you know, because she's she was backstage a lot. You know, she started coming back when after Sukasa had her her child, she was she would come back. You know, spend time with them. You know, she was still friends with a lot of people at the dojo and and Ice Ribbon in general. What? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was her the majority, if not all of her run, was it during the COVID restriction era? Did she ever have like crowds being able to cheer for her other than maybe early? I believe she debuted in 2019. Pedro, could you double check that for me real fast? She debuted in 2020. uh, And then she said she would stop in 2022, but she's back. She is back, and I'm so glad I have her back. I really want her to win that championship because, you know, that was a a big show. Me and Pedro watched that live together, and we were like so invested in her, you know, potentially becoming the Ice Cross Infinity champion. And hey, she was she was part of the joint shows uh, when Ice Ribbon and Acris were doing stuff in like 2021, I think. So, she she is part of this conversation <laughs> somehow. Yeah. I'm I'm happy she's back. I'm looking forward to seeing what she what she does next. Um, let's move it over to the next show. Actress Girls 1223 Act in Osaka. We had Christmas costumes, which is great to see. I always like when the girls get to do costume stuff for their shows. I think it was a fun show overall, that one uh, in Osaka. Yeah, this one didn't need to be too intense. Obviously, it's a Christmas show. You want to keep the mood light. But, you know, they still built 
towards stuff for the cork and beyond. Yeah, they're really good at that kind of stuff. It's simple, simple booking a lot of times, but it doesn't need to be complex. I mean, that's 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 what I like about it. Yeah, and then the roster started rolling each other up during Love Riddle. Well, yeah, there's schoolboys <laughs> everywhere. Uh, this show kicked off with Marino Saihara versus Misa Matsui, uh, the once upon a time almost tepping teammates. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's a fun I match, I think. I believe Marina, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe she, she lost obviously both to Asahi and Misa, which kicked uh, which lost her her chance to join. But I believe she beat Calico, and I don't think she beat Naho, if I'm, mis- if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure on if have. Yeah, I I'm not sure how that went with yeah. with the other. Yeah, sadly her 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 plead for to join got ruined because of injury. Yeah, unfortunately, she did have an injury right after that. I believe, like shortly after that, she got injured. She was yeah. out for a while, but they did do a good job with keeping her in the spotlight. Now they have her come out before the show and address the crowd, uh, do some uh, rundown of the card, things of that nature. Yeah, she's a special talent for them. I'm glad that that uh, she's she's you know still around. She got that unique uh, comic book character and everything. I think, I think could appeal to a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. if if they see it, she is a superhero. Let's not forget. Yeah. Yes, she is. Uh, this match had a, it was a strong start for uh, Marino in this matchup. Misa bullies her for a while. Uh, when. Marina caught her and like had her up like with her legs over her shoulder. I thought she was gonna hit her with an Alabama slam. It ended up just being a backdrop. I was about to say, "Oh my god, she's about to just chuck this poor girl on her back of her head." It look it her backdrop because she does that delay. It does feel like she's setting up for the Alabama slam, but <laughs> I think she should do that. This I'm to say she should. She should maybe want to start doing that. <laughs> That'd be cool. She gotta find someone minute. to take it. Like someone's had it. Someone gotta take it. Bob Holly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Meeson picks up the win here with her uh, secondary finisher, the top rope broke hung, rope hung DDT. Eight minutes and forty seconds. It's a fun little match to start the show. Get the vibes going. Oh yeah, yeah. I I I love uh, like every Teppan team. Basically, so, so this is really entertaining, and also Alan. Alan gets booked. Alan's Man. on the show. Speaking of Alan, Goto Chica and Alan taking on Cat Mask Calico and Naho Yamada. Teppin versus the Royal slash uh, Jijoshi. Yeah, kind of a thrown together team, but you know, the still a fun matchup. I think. I think Alan maybe hasn't reached her full potential yet even you know no, Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead no go ahead <laughs> no, i was just gonna say that she hasn't really been booked as of late in Magic. yeah i don't know if it was just she was busy or for maybe it was some sort of injury i'm not sure but yeah she has been a little absent from in ring but yeah. it's nice to see her back yeah um Obviously, as the name implies for the company, Actress Girls, a lot of these girls are actresses, voice actors, things of that nature. So sometimes they do have other schedules and stuff like that. They keep them busy and away from uh, acting. Yes. Um, what did I write down here? Oh, yeah. Oh, during the entrance, Alan was like, Alan's disgusted face when Chica pushed her. And she was like, what the hell? Yeah, they don't vibe. 
together. <laughs> but I like the team a lot, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Ayano was teasing the crowd, ringing the bell. She was like, oh. Oh, yeah. She, I forgot. She, she had the costume on. She was all like, <laughs> she didn't look very heel Ayano for once, so. I did. I did enjoy the fact that Chica, when the umbrella came into play, she was touching it like it was gonna bite her because it has a snake on it. <laughs> it, it is dangerous, you know. It's got that got a reptile on it. You gotta be careful. I do like that. Um, the more I see it, the more I'm like appreciative of it because it's you know it's not a move that comes up a lot in modern wrestling. It's the atomic drop that uh, Chica does, and it did lead into uh, Allen DDT, which is a good combo. I think flows really well together. He's taking the Shawn Michaels playbook. Oh, then he needs a super kick. <laughs> Pretty sure uh, not seeing me can throw that one in there with her. Super kicker straight into a pedigree. <laughs> and Naho rolls up Chica for the win in 9 minutes and 27 seconds. Next match, a uh, little bit of fun on the card. Bulldozer Todoroki versus Koki. Bulldozer came out dressed as... Uh, this is one where she dressed as Naru, right? She had the binky and everything. Oh, yeah, because she was taking Nauru's place. Because I think Nauru was off the card, if I remember, if I'm remembering correctly. There's been so many shows lately that I kind of blend together. Yeah. As we alluded to earlier, like the activities and schedules sometimes get in the way. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, I was like, oh, Nauru's on the card. I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, she's not coming out. I thought it was. And then I realized what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, they had a little bit of pre-match banter here. I think Todoroki was talking about like her power and like the fact that she has weapons with her. And I think Koki said something to the effect of that she will continue to grow under like with Natsumi and and the Royal, something to that effect. I'm not hundred percent. Yeah, my Japanese is not great, so <laughs> yeah. it gets lost <laughs> on me sometimes what some of the promos are. And then sometimes, like, they're tired and, you know, they're breathing and you're trying to, huh, what? What, what are you saying? Oh. <laughs> Say that again, please. Yeah. Yeah, she put, the, she put a bib on Koki with the, when she did the camel clutch with the uh, Singapore cane. <laughs> Todoroki's either trying to kill you or, like, he's just uh, being really good with the humor. I honestly enjoy her when she's, like, doing the humor stuff, so. She's out here she, has, she has great timing, I think, with her comedy that, mm-hmm. um, that, that I'm glad that they they let her do because it makes her you know, it helps her stand out, you know. I think one of her best moments of the year was early on, I believe this is very, very early first quarter of the year, I believe it was when Saki was there and she had her little gun unit going, she came out dressed as Majin Buu. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. She's she's a lot of fun. Yeah, this was uh, short and sweet, though. Didn't take up too much time. Koki won with her 100-centimeter body, body press. Four minutes, 28 seconds. Uh, next match. This one, uh, very intrigued by because of what happened in uh, the previous shows with Yui you know, petitioning Miku to join us to start a unit with her. They're taking on the team of the Royal Natsuki and Natsumi Zumikawa. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was an interesting pairing, those two, because Yui Yui right out of the gate, you know, they gave her that win against Alan. They seemed like they have her penciled in for big things in the future, you know? Yeah, it looks like they have her as like their big rookie. 
Yeah. I think she's the next like she's the next big project. For yeah, it was like Koki, Koki, and like the first year was like the future ace, and now Yui's like future ace 2.0, maybe. I don't, I'm yeah. not sure. And they're throwing her with right now. They're putting her with the actual ace, so it's not like they have for Peg for you know. There's not like they don't see anything in here. Exactly. She got the stardom push from day one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's still very green, no pun intended. But, you know, she still doesn't seem very confident in her movements in the rings right now. But that'll come with time. Yeah, I think she's, like, I, I enjoy her, like, right out the gate. Like, I thought she was, like, pretty good. So, like, the the whole Miku thing just added on, like, another layer, which I'm just like, yep, she's very interesting. Uh, We definitely have to keep an eye on her in 2024. Yeah, because remember uh, when she saved Miku from the attack? She, when she, after the match, she went in the ring. She was like, "Why is nobody else helping? Why is everybody just standing around watching?" Yeah, because Miku's one of the ones on that roster that is. I mean, the Osaka Army aside, she doesn't have like a full unit that she's with all the time. So yeah, it'd be only... sorry if it leads to something. That, yeah, I was just gonna say I don't know if this leads to something or not. I'm not sure. Um, with the looming, if they do another tag team tournament. This could be this could be a good spot for them. Obviously, put her with uh, Yui. I don't think they need to do a unit right away. They can just have them being being tag team partners. Because as you said, Jeff, that um, Miku is unaffiliated, as is Mari. Mari and Miku are tag team partners on and off again, call them the frenemies. Miku te- now teaming with Yui and uh, Mari having her uh, other tag team partner of Naru. This is very a very fun tag team, by the way. Oh, they're they're fun to see. They, they, that that handspring is crazy. Yeah, it would be pretty cool if there's some sort of space pirate or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I said earlier, Miku versus Natsumi was the first big money match they had with the new regime. Yeah that that um, that match was I thought the one Natsumi and Miku back in. October 2022 it's uh it it got me to want to write again honestly that was the one that I hadn't written for a while about anything and I thought that they were onto something with that with those two yeah it's always beautiful to see with these girls especially like when when you see them in a match and you see the you can see them that they're inspired to go and they pick up yeah. they pick up to the extra gear which happened in this match um for every reason, for me, when I watch these two, when they get to go, because uh, obviously they had the match in, at a- AJPW in the tag match the first night, which they didn't really go too hard. You know, they just kind of did their things. But this match, I think they kind of picked up into an extra gear that they haven't really hit yet in their previous encounters. Yeah, I think they haven't even had the best match they can have yet, which is exciting, I think, for their future, you know? Yeah, I think eventually we're going to get like a big normal contendership match between the two. Yeah, I always think I always think their tournament match was like better than their title match, and I'd still like them both. Like the ti- the matches were great, so I'm just like, we have we definitely have like another four gears to give for them, and I think they're saving it for when we have when we have to do it because they they obviously are the two probably best wrestlers like in the company. So yeah, like. Uh, how we always do, like we're always impressed with Miku's moveset, but Sumikawa is one of the best technical wrestlers 
Joshi wrestlers going right now? Uh, without a doubt, I think she. I, I don't think she's maybe even at her. I don't even think we've seen her best matches yet. But I think for this company, um, maybe one of the more important pieces, just because of her, her mentoring the young roster, but also being an example in the ring. You know, with with all the great matches, like I think her timing is really great. She's got like that main event IQ, you know. She knows when to do moves and maybe not, you know, save save it for other times. Yeah. Um she's also too someone uh as we're saying, like her the way she moves, I think if she you knows she got a mean streak, she doesn't necessarily turn heel, but if she did something like where she just starts doing nasty limb work, I think that would add a lot to her matches. She kind of has like a mean demeanor at times. Like it, I don't think. Yeah, I think you're right. It wouldn't be a stretch for her to lean into a heel for a match. I mean, it's like the Queen's Quest thing that we're cocky, like stoic assholes that are better than you. <laughs> yeah, they're they're the jocks that are like the you know the king of the school, and they'll push you into a locker if they feel like it. Let's not forget here that Natsuki is someone. Me personally, I think she doesn't get enough credit for how good she actually is. She did like some crazy bridging Anaconda Vice here. I think that's that's what I wrote down for it. I think it's this the Halo Hold is what I think it's officially known as. That's okay. dope. That's a sweet name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I did the guide for um for our site, and I I did get um in I did get input from um Sakaguchi, representative Sakaguchi, and I believe that is the one that is known as the Halo Hold. There's so many moves and so many people on the roster. Kind of, I I kind of forget, but I'm pretty sure it's Halo Hold. Okay, thank you for that. Um, yep. Sorry for interrupting, but what are you going to say about Natsuki? Oh my! Oh, I was just going to say I think she she's she's for the younger side. I think you know she was technically part of the old regime. You know she had some matches mm-hmm. back when they were pro wrestling, but um, they lean on her a lot. I think for just in main events, like right now she's like losing to the main eventers but i think as 2024 progresses she might maybe be someone who picks up more wins in main events against the established vets yeah i think if uh when we get to the next singles tournament i think she'll make it pretty far uh yeah i agree also uh the the rising knee lift she's been doing recently has been really great it's a nice addition to her moveset mm-hmm. yeah I, I think natsuki's like I, I want to throw her like in the, in like the, like the level of like what Mizushima's doing, like they're both like so incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. So like I, I think every time they're in a match, I'm I'm super entertained. Especially when you give her, you, they give Natsuki like great matches. Mm-hmm. So it's usually just a, it's something you usually just have to watch because she's she's in there and she uh, she puts in the work. So, I, I, like, I, I was, I was very sad when she was gone for that little bit. I think she was just injured or whatever it yeah, was. She had, she also had, she did end up getting injured too this year. I think it was earlier in the year that she got injured. Yeah, she had a, I think a hand injury if I remember right. Yeah, and yeah. that was like right when she was starting to pick up, which was unfortunate. But um, yeah, that as I said earlier, that uh, knee lift she does it led into a. Top rope double D drop from Sumikawa onto Yui, giving, giving the Royal the win in 18 minutes and 28 seconds. I wrote down that these girls rule. 
Sumikawa speaks to Miku Postmates, something about them having their third chapter in the rivalry at some point. Oh, that's 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 a must see whenever that happens. Yeah, I think they can build to that throughout this year. They don't have to do it anytime soon. They could slowly build through that. Um, I wrote down a lot. I wrote, I wrote down way too much for this Christmas Rumble. Do you guys have any <laughs> funny notes you have from it before I go off? I just thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it just, I think it's the type of thing that people who, um, you know, th- it could show them that there's a variety to this roster. They don't just have just great matches, but they can just, you know, let their hair down and have a lot of just goofy fun. That is true. Renson did steal Miku's title and she put it up for grabs at the, for the for the battle royal, which is funny. <laughs> she's so unpredictable. She's great in these rumble these rumble bits that they that they give her. I, I think I honestly thought Mia was gonna win this rumble. <laughs> like I I don't know why. Like my brain was like, oh yeah, she's gonna win. Oh, she started then, cooking uh, for a little bit. She didn't win. <laughs> um. Mari, Mari literally won this match because everybody else did want everybody wanted to be the one to eliminate her. So everybody stopped people from eliminating her. She kept getting saved. Yeah, it was it was pretty entertaining actually. Like it was actually one of the, a, a rumble like I I wanted to watch. Like I usually kind of side eye them, but this was fun. This one was uh funny because uh so, like at some point they just stopped doing individual entrance and entire groups would come out. Like we had the we had the royal and it was Allen and uh, Togi I think. They all came out. They were red. I think I have it ran down here. It was Yui. No, Yui, Allen, and the entire royal came out all at once. I think there were people that I'm not even sure were advertised to be in it just showed up. I just felt like they were just the locker room was emptying, you know. They're like, hey, yeah. let's get everyone on the car. <laughs> I can't remember which run. I think it, it might have been the next one, but it, um yeah, I think it is, yeah. Because someone gets kicked and it they go flying. Oh, yeah, that was the uh, 1223 uh, Acton Osaka show. Uh, Mari asked Ransom where the belt is. Ransom tells her to go get it on 1229 at the Corrigan. If we do one final big face-to-face before the big match. Um, the next show starts off, Love Riddle as per usual. Uh, Actress Girls 1229 and Corrigan Hall, their big end-of-the-year show. During the breakdown, during the dance break of Love Riddle, they do a big stare down between Miku and Mari. That shit crowd. was so hype. <laughs> like Dude, I, that. I was like, why? Stop. I want to watch the match. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> it got, it yeah. got you going. And um, Jeff, I don't know if you you, uh, you watched the match, obviously, but uh, just hearing that crowd and hearing how lively they are compared to like a lot of the crowds, especially the Osaka ones. I know there's a lot of foreigners there, but like that crowd was hot that day. There was a magic to that crowd, and I think it helped that. Ma- like, we'll get to it later, but I think the ending of that main event, just the the emotion from the wrestlers and the crowd, y- you can't produce. It's just something that naturally happens sometimes, you know. Yeah, um, that's one of the things. I re- I think I wrote down like you can't buy that kind of reaction. Exactly, that's what I was trying to say. You can't produce it. It just has to have that. The crowd has to love what you're doing. Yeah, uh, this match. No, uh, this match. This card starts off with a fun little matchup between Sakura Mizushima teaming with Nagisa Shotsuki and Konamic Update Plus versus team of 
Yui Tenshoku, Naho Yamada, and Naru. Naru making a, a first appearance in quite a while, actually. I think she the last one she did was like step 25, I believe she was on. It's been a little bit since we've seen her. Um, I I think the highlight of this match was Mizushima again. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's great. What were you going to say, Jeff? Sorry. Oh, no, I was just agreeing with um what you were saying about Naru being kind of off some shows. But I think Mizushima is just maybe one of the best things they have going. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to, like, you can't ignore her. Like, you literally, like, every time you see her in a match, she does something. Like, here, like, she starts off with doing that crazy bridge to avoid an attack. And it's just like, you, how can you, like, what do you get? You can't. <laughs> you, know, you, you get what I'm trying to say? Like, I can't get the words out, but you can't ignore her. She, yeah, she's a very flashy wrestler, and I've been enjoying her and uh, Naho interacting a lot because I felt in the first year, both of them were both really good standouts of the rookies of like that have a lot of potential and were picking up stuff fast. I, I think in a way they're kind of building something between, and I know there's later on the next show something of an alliance, but I think they might be tied together in their career, you know, both of their careers. Naho and Mijishima. Yeah, Naho and Mijishima, they're gonna be rivals for a long time. And yeah, I know I know like this stable is like maybe on the down low. Like I mean, of course we find out there's a, an alliance. <laughs> but I like seeing these three together, I was like, yeah, like update plus is actually <laughs> still a great stable. Like compared to the other ones, you might eh. But like update is like really fun. Oh, I was gonna say I think it's I think it's cool because they are just like pure baby faces, and that's not always an easy thing to pull off in modern wrestling. To be just pure, we're nice and we play by the rules, you know. Sure. And I think they do it really well. They do, and this is to no slight to any of the members of uh, Update Plus, but she might not be right now because it still might be me. But I think. In a short amount of time, soccer will be the best wrestler in that stable. Oh, without a doubt. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. She'll be that standout. And, you know, as we were talking about earlier, economic uh, has been getting better. She's been getting more opportunities as wrestlers. She's been booked a lot in the more recent shows. And then you have, obviously, Nagisa's coming back from her injury. Uh, she lights up. She lights up you here with some chops, some crazy ones, too. I think she had... Uh, Someone locked up in a submission, and is this Nagisa chopping the hell out of her to let it go? Yeah, those those chops, she can hit like one or two of them, and the 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 wrestlers she hits, their their chest is just bright red just from like one or two, and it's like that is that is some power from Nagisa. Yeah, crazy form. Yeah, I think uh, I think like like I see like the comic fan fandom. And now I now I really understand it because I think I think she's very entertaining. Like she has like three moves that she needs to hit, and then I'm like, okay, she's she's great. <laughs> I like I I love her little handstand senton. That's so cool. No one else does that. That the what is it? Just the senton off the second, and then the 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 knife, the mic knife. I think that's like <laughs> mm-hmm. like that. That's sick. Like that's all she needs to do to entertain me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Don't let the cuteness fool you, and she can go. Yeah, she she's gotten a lot better the last 
just the last few months. And um, I think she's really fine. She moves. She moves. It's almost like a gliding in the ring almost. It's different than almost anyone else on that roster when she runs the ropes. Yeah. And that's a big tell for how uh, well a wrestler's trained is how they run the ropes. And the fact that she's so small, to put that even to more perspective, the fact that she's able to glide that, that well through the ring. Oh, agreed. Yeah. She, I think she's, she's going to be something in the next year or so. Maybe, may, maybe not, maybe as fast as Mizushima was. Cause Mizushima, I think is just like a prodigy, but Hanamik, she's, she's coming along. Yes, definitely is. Speaking of soccer, she uh, picks up the win here with a bridging Northern Lights suplex on the Yui. Nine minutes and 48 seconds. I'm really glad that Sakura gets to continue her momentum. Like she gets to carry this win into 2024. And I'm surprised you we lost. <laughs> you got to gear her up for the big uh, Rick. You know, she has to prove herself to Miku eventually. eventually. But um, I wrote down here that, and as we're, I've, we've been talking about her, obviously, but Sakura, I feel like her potential hasn't even been, begun to be tapped into. No, I I think I she caught my attention in 2022. I thought she was of that young. I mean, that roster was so huge of young wrestlers that. But I think, I think beating Act, well, I think was it was a was a statement that they see a lot in her. But I think years from now, if she stays with it, she could be something really special. Yeah, let's not let's not overlook that little that little part that happened this year. She pinned Act. You know, how many people can say they've done that ever? And she not only had a like, you know, a few dozen matches maybe in her career and she beat a legend, you know, that's you don't see that a lot in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're booking her well. And then they they're had the singles really match well. and you know, Act gave her a lot in that match too. Oh, their last their one on one. Yeah, that was yeah. a act man, she left that mark on her face. She she was getting a little brutal in there, but you know, Mm-hmm. That happens. That was like the old act starting to awaken. Yeah, that mean streak. It's still there. Mm-hmm. And this match leads us into another battle royal. Me, Kita An, Marino Saihara, Nene Arahata, Rensan, Chi Alba, Nanami Togo, the great Asako, and, and the great Asako was the last one. Um, the main advantage was seconding for this, which I thought was fun. Like, even though they have this big man event coming up, they're still out there for the rest of the girls. Yeah, I think that's a cool part of that roster. They don't seem to have a lot of ego. You know, they're not just like, oh, I'm I'm a main eventer. I'm going to stay in the back until my match. You know, I think that's what's maybe it maybe helps make this company special. Yeah, it does. Like the it feels like a family. Um, we talked about it earlier in the year uh, on some previous shows. But uh, when Asahi came over and, you know, you know, she obviously has she had the problems with ice ribbon. But I think. When she came over and she finally, like, she felt like that family kind of environment. I think that's what made her want to eventually, instead of just being on loan, she fully transferred over to Acros Girls. No, I agree. I think, I think there is, yeah, there's a, there, I think family is the term to describe it. Just with the, the roster. Um, I, I'll say I, I did interview Naho at the beginning of this year um, or beginning of last year in February. Um, and she said that about act that act she felt was a mentor, not just with acting and wrestling, but she said that it was, uh, she leans on her for life advice, which mm-hmm. I thought was cool. Act is a very big part of this promotion. And, you know, funny thing is, uh, a lot of people 
when they first get into act, uh, AWG, they think it's, it's named after Act because <laughs> it's in oh, the name. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But no, she's just, uh, obviously, she's been that player coach. And even when she has really been wrestling, she's still, you know, a veteran. And, you know, she's older than a lot of these girls. So, they, like, as you're saying, Naho's able to lean on her, not just as a wrestler, as a performer, but as a person, you know, just asking her life advice, as you said. Yeah, I think I think that goes a long way, you know, the, the, the way this the whole environment of that company is because the veterans really take these these young rookies under their wing in every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And we have three great ones. You know, obviously we we're talking about Ak right now, but uh, we talked about Sumi Kawa earlier. Miku, you know, she may not seem like it, but she is quite the veteran as herself. Mari, you know, she was a part timer for a, a large part of her banning career in Reina before she went over to Actress Girls. But she's, you know, she's a big part of this promotion, as we said. You know, she, as you said earlier, she is the heart and soul of this place. Um, I pegged the main event of this show to be the Ace versus the Face. I, yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it. But back back to this rumble. Uh, Kuma's carcass lands in Miku's lap. <laughs> After one swipe, his his hay got decapitated. It just lands right in front of Miku. She sold that so well. Just it looked like it was, yeah, was, like a real bear got his head ripped off. He's like, oh my god, he's dead. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were watching like a like a like a spoof episode or something. Like, like Miku. They got the camera turned to Miku like a million times and just like, oh my god, like this this is this isn't a normal rumble. Something's gonna happen. Uh I forget uh I get they get um Togi in the submission, like a bunch of the girls, and he, all you see is Asako in the background doing the peace sign, like all just stoic, just in the background, just throwing it up as she's tapping out. She is Asako's that I mean, yeah. She is special. She's great, she gets it. Great placement in the ring, good timing. Um, this is the match. This is the the spot I was talking about. It was Nene. It was Nene, me, and Kira. Nanami tries to like charge up and do a triple drop kick, and they part and kick her straight to hell. <laughs> they sent that girl yeah. flying halfway across the ring. That was insane. Nene, new haircut by the way. She got like the little hime cut that Micah has. Um, I think she's someone like she obviously she has the cool demeanor. She uh, as we talked about earlier. Uh, now she has the haircut. I think. Really, she just needs new gear now, and I think she'll be able to be, be able to take that next step. Yeah, she seems on the on the on the brink of yeah leveling to a new level. You know, leveling up. Yeah, I always call her my favorite power plant wrestler because of the way she wrestles. Oh, it is it is very much it is very much a '90s style. But that's I think that's cool. I think yeah. there's a variety. You have room for that. You know, because mm-hmm. it's not like uh, you know. Obviously, they have a lot of tall girls there. You know, you have. Chica, you have um, Chica, Koki, you know, Bulldozer, obviously, she's a bigger girl as well, and you have a Nene, I, and me too, let's not forget that me is quite tall. Her on is the like, monster. You know, she's, she's a, a lanky beast. Oh yeah, me does like a crazy pump handle roll-up on Kira on. Yes, I, I thought she was going to win again. <laughs> Me, yeah, she keeps improving too. I mean, she's a you know a veteran at at this point, but I think that's that's cool part about this roster. None of them are just like resting on their past, you know. Yeah, they they want to improve. Ball. Definitely, uh, Masako picks up the win here. She uh, sneaks up behind me as she gets she gets dumps her over the rope because me's posing on the top rope. 
flips her over and me hangs on much like she did in the last rumble and then Asako peels her fingers off and she falls again she gets screwed in the rumble <laughs> back to she back almost had it almost had it 11 minutes and 34 seconds Asako calls out Miku at the end of this match, setting up a singles match for the next show in Tsunkiba. They even they already have the graphic ready. That was amazing. I like that whole ending sequence was like the greatest thing I ever watched in my life. Oh. They're like, hey, look at this graphic. Before it pops forget. up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh before I forget, uh during the match when Asako when Asako was in, she does her little uh second rope rolling moonsault. Someone in the crowd yelled, Moonsault! All, all crazy. They're ready for it. They're they know they know what she's all about. It's beautiful to see that the crowd gets behind her. Uh, next match. This was the uh, Kyoko Y trying to make her way back into Jujoshu, her proving ground match. She's teaming with Maru to take on the Teppan team of Sai and Misamatsui. This not too much happened. There's a lot of shenanigans. DQ finish here. Yeah, it was it was kind of a wild brawl. It was kind of different. I think this the Serpent's Path, they are adding a different flavor to the shows recently, being, you know, they'll break all the rules and they won't, you know, they're not scared of just getting the match thrown out, you know. Definitely. Um they did brawl all throughout Corky and we got a good shot. Like we got to get a good view of how many people were actually there. This place was rocking for them today. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good crowd. Yeah, they brawled throughout, all throughout Corkin. I thought, like, eventually, while Misa and Maru were uh, out in the crowd and, you know, going through the, the gates and stuff, that I thought Asahi was going to gonna try to, like, just beat Kyoko quickly before she could get back. Yeah, Misa and Maru ended up in the chicken, <laughs> near the Corkin chicken. <laughs> Big. They they were fighting everywhere. I, that like legit. I thought Asahi was like gonna beat her right there and then, but no. This ends up leading to uh, Teppan, I believe, challenges them to a hardcore match. Right? Don't and remember. It, I, I believe it's I Teppan. Think, I think I think that is on the horizon. I think this feud is just getting started. Yeah, because um, Maru gets disqualified by hitting Ref Banny with a chair, and then I believe Teppan challenges them to a hardcore match. I think Maru accepts, and is going to be on the. It's going to be on the Jojoshu Produce Show. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so um, this match leads into that. It's going to be the first hardcore match in Acres Girls history, by the way. Yeah, okay. yeah. Mr. Jeff, I need to ask you something. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of Kyoka's, uh, like direction in the past couple months? I thought she was heading... I thought, okay, because if you look at her in Action Ring Girls, she is a, you know, a, a leader, but it's never really translated in the actress girls, you know, proper wrestling, you know, act wrestling. And I felt, I felt the last few months she was maybe heading towards something new, but I think her whole run has just been try stuff and then hit reset, unfortunately. I'm not sure where she's headed now. Yeah, because I, I I wanted to gauge your aspect on this because I think we've we've asked a lot of people what they think of her. Like me personally, I think she's I like her a lot, and I think she can work both styles, like heel face, uh, maybe like tweener, like. But 
honestly, I, I feel like she's just jumping up and down the like stables and like just trying to figure herself out. Like I actually really enjoyed her as a heel, so I was just like, like, huh? Like I wonder what's really up here. Yeah, a lot of start and stop. I think that's like that her that's been like her whole story and i think it was like the end of 2022 her not sumi you know they they won the tag tournament and then she quickly just moved to serpent's path and then she wasn't in it and now it seems she's back in it but i don't know i don't it'll be interesting her 2024 yeah it's gonna be very interesting like as you said uh her and Nasumi as Bright Rock won the tag tournament, and then it felt like they were setting her up for more. And then she joined the service path, and then now, I don't know, she's, you know, she dropped it, and she started teaming with Ren. I don't know. It's Ren, been a, not Ren's yeah, son, Ren. Yeah, Ren. Yes, it, he's Ren when she was the, in the, the eyes, or however you pronounce it. But yeah, I think, I think she's maybe, like, personality-wise, she can show a lot of uh, emotion. And I, you know, she's such a great stage actress that they just haven't found a way to fully utilize that talent on on a proper act wrestling show. Hmm. Uh, she probably, uh, you know, there's probably not a unit right now that, you know, as you're saying, doesn't suit her fully. Yeah, maybe she needs to take the reins or something. I don't know. We I feel like we we had something and then we lost it. <laughs> and then we we got it again and then we're like, okay. But yeah, that, again, we'll just we just hope for the best. We just hope for the yeah. best. Uh there, you know, judging by like some of the things that have been happening, you know, um Jeff, uh the previous shows with when Koki took the win off of Miku to get her into the number one contendership match after uh she got attacked by Jijoshi Maru and uh Alan how did you feel about that like uh Koki obviously knew what happened but you know Chika made the save but Koki ultimately took the win she knew like she knew she was wrong for it but how did you feel about that whole situation oh that she took a tainted win yeah. um i think in in that story is that she you know she wants to get back to main events and you know i don't I thought she's done. I thought she did really well in March of 2023 against Miku. And then it seemed like she had just kind of, kind of faded a bit from, you know, she was, you know, a lot of people peg her as the future ace, but I think, I think she's taken maybe a little bit of a step back as, as the year of 2023 went on. And I, I think maybe this was a step forward again, her beating Miku. It tainted as it was, it was still pinning Miku. Yeah, because obviously it catapults her right back into contention. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad Jeff sees that too, because we we were all like, okay, she's she took a little step back, and I I think maybe that gave us a highlight of everyone else, because we've been raving a lot of other people now. <laughs> yeah. So maybe but- maybe it was for a reason. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Yeah, because um, you know, even though even though she did take that step back, it also let Chica shine a little bit more. Yeah, because yeah. she's gotten a lot better in the ring. Godo has, I think. I think she's always had a huge personality, and she's very you know savvy with social media and all that. So I think that was just if she can continue to get better in the ring, I I think the sky's the limit for her. 
Yeah, and then she's obviously her Larry has been crazy good. <laughs> she's throwing that thing like it's like she's a uh, Stan Hansen. Oh, very much Stan Hansen esque. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, after this, I believe they're setting up uh, Mara Misa for a singles match later on, and then Asahi and Kyoka. I think uh, they're doing something with those those variation of those four people. Besides the hardcore match, uh, Act breaks up the chaos here, which leads us into the next match. Eight woman tag: Allen, Bulldozer, Cat Mask Calico, Chiaki, Chikagodo. Uh, no, no, wait, sorry. It was Allen, Bulldozer, Cat Mask, and Chiaki taking on the team of Chikagodo, Enina Yamanaka, Natsuki, and Riko Fukunaga. Uh, Calico is absolutely chuffed <laughs> teaming with these these uh, people. Yeah, Jeff. What did you What did you think of this first team? <laughs> uh, of the of Cat Mask and all them, or <laughs> yeah, the, I yeah. it was they kind of like to do that on these shows. You know, certain shows they like to just make you know the 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 odd couple teams and just let the dynamic play out. And I I think that's what it, they were going for here. It's just like these people probably don't you know storyline wise probably don't hang out, and yeah. now they have to team together. Cause you got, you got two, you got two Jujoshu, one Teppin, and one Beast. Yeah, it, it was kind of a hodgepodge, but you know, yeah. they do that a lot. Like as you're saying, they do a lot. Most it's mostly Kira on though. <laughs> She's the one that gets thrown around. Yeah, with, she kind of um, just she kind of floats. Like she can kind of just work with anyone. I, I think that's one of her skills is just being able to just go with the flow. She's a true instigator. Yes. Um. The other team, though, the obviously it's the they're playing off the best body uh, cross promotion they did. Uh, best body shenanigans at the side. This team is cool. Yeah, I I think I think they there's some there's some uh, this, this year starts. I think somebody like Rico is really she's like Nagisa and Marino, where she's got a lot. You know, she wants to catch up on because mm-hmm. she missed so much due to injury. I think I think this could be a a breakout year for her. Yeah, Rico uh, was talking to Jabroni about it, but Rico's someone that she has everything already. Like she has the look, she you know she has the demeanor, uh, she has her character down. She, obviously, she has her in ring stuff. She has big shoes to fill because before she joined um, Beast, she wore uh, Risa Hoshiki's old gear that she wore in, during her time in Acres Girls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She, she debuted with that before she was teaming. She's also teaming with uh, Tumi Kawa before she turned as well. And she got injured. Yeah, that injury. Yeah, I think, I think now she's trying to like make up for lost time. And yeah. I think it could be it could be an interesting year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think she's geared up for it as well. I wanted to make note of. It feels like. The she's you know she's obviously been on like a couple shows. She's only had a, f- a few matches right now, but I think uh, I don't know. She feels like to me that she hasn't been going doing as much as like she would want to. She feels like she's still holding back. I don't know if she's still injured or maybe things are a little bit lingering or she's just not confident yet enough to go full stop. I think she's definitely uh, like changed her style up to maybe make up for maybe the injury or maybe just to. Just switch it up because, like, the submission stuff she's been doing lately, it's been like, 
Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, she's very reminiscent of what Natsumi does. Yeah, she has a mean streak in her for sure. Uh, Erina, uh, someone who has uh, come into this promotion, and you know, I think she can make waves next year as well. Yeah, I think she kind of stands out. Her her demeanor, she you know, she's got a look and a demeanor that is kind of kind of mean, and uh, I think it's you know when you compare her to like people like Mizushima, she is like you know the polar opposite, you know. And I think that I think that helps this roster to have so many different types of people. Mm-hmm. And also, too, um, if, if they end up doing another tag team tournament, put her at Riko Fukunaga. I think that'd be a great team for them to have. I think that would that would be a good team, you know, hard hitting team. I think uh, I think her and Chico, yeah, her her and Chico would be cool. Yeah, too. <laughs> I would want her and Chica. That's that was my initial thought, but they're probably going to do Koki and Chica. Yeah, we're gonna have to make some moves. <laughs> I mean, we could have like we could do like the original royal team of Koki and uh, Natsuki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I. That's I don't know. They could. They have like so much leeway if Arena sticks around. That they could like definitely make some moves. Like her and Rico. Like I'm, I'm interested in that for sure. But mm-hmm. I think they could. They could honestly do a lot. <laughs> Yeah, in my notes, I wrote on Xbox because Arena did uh, Bronco Buster and then the X Factor. Oh my god, <laughs> I forgot about that. This back to back too. I think that's what makes her stand out. She does those type of moves, you know, that you don't see other roster members trying. Mm-hmm. I think she's got an interesting character. She does. She has like, she fits in with beasts, but she's also different. You know, she's not heel like they are. I would say like not even uh, Queen's Quest, but just she's confident. She's like the best way to put it. She's like slimy, but just slimy enough with the cool moves she has, like the rider kick, all the kick moves, <laughs> all the bridging so stuff. Dope. Like I think I think she has like a good like middle ground of everything. Like from day one when she showed up on the cork, and I was just like, holy <laughs> shit, <laughs> she's sick. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like a situation like a uh, Max the Impaler in TJPW where she uh, stands out, but she doesn't feel out of place. I think that's a good. I think that's a good analogy, actually. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, Chica, as we were saying earlier, she uh, absolutely clobbered Chiaki with a lariat here. Those lariats are just getting just crazier by the show from her. Yeah, she's gonna. She's hit, almost getting to that uh, Kensuke. Uh, Kensuke Sasaki level of snugness, which is oh, yeah. like gonna sound like a warm hug. <laughs> um, <laughs> Calico's kicks are amazing the way she has body control over her legs. Yeah, I think she, she's interesting too because she does those cool kicks and then she'll do comedy. Like she, she's kind of, she mm-hmm. kind of got some variety to her character that she I don't think. In... Sorry. Yeah. Uh... No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say she does play into the cat stuff a lot yeah literally acts like a cat which i think is funny but and then she'll start just kicking people relentlessly so it's <laughs> i think it's a cool a cool character that we haven't seen fully fleshed out yet i believe she did uh she did a head kick into a question mark which is crazy like in one fluid motion yeah she does a lot a lot of kicks yeah mm-hmm. yeah they- 
they did a crazy sequence with her in this one, or I think it was what was it? There's rider kick to choke slam to Chiaki, I think throwing a line, I don't remember it was. Umbrella, cat like like Kaliko throws like one of those spin kicks. I was just like, okay. Oh yeah, she came in with that wild like that spin kick, the like a trouble in paradise type thing. Yeah, I was just like, okay, like the the okay, by the way, this match was really good. Yeah. <laughs> this this was like Almost like right under if this was like honestly where this was placed, this was perfect. So I was just like, wow, <laughs> this is really good. Like I didn't expect like like these this, these teams to like click and really like put on something this good. So yeah, I was I didn't know what to expect from this match because of the you know the the hodgepodge tag team on one end. But I agree. I think this one I and to me over delivered. I think. Oh, definitely way over delivered. If this was the main event on a the show prior, it would have it would have felt right at home. It would you would have never thought second about it. Yeah, that's an upload to YouTube instantly. <laughs> yeah, please. Oh. That'd be <laughs> this would be a good way to get eyes on this promotion. Oh, agreed a hundred percent. Oh, sorry, Jeff. No, I just said agreed hundred percent. Okay. Um, Jeff, I got a question for you. Obviously, we talk a lot about you know with Miku was me uh, with Miku has been doing. You know, we've brought up the tag tournament quite a bit here, but uh, me and Pedro we talk about a lot. Like a lot of Acros Girls' tag stuff has been superb this year. Some of their best stuff has been in tag matches. Yes, um, I think their tags. It's it's a chance for um, some of the 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 rookies to maybe maybe get spotlighted more than they would in a singles, you know, teaming with a veteran who can kind of help guide them, you know, in the ring as it's happening. But I think with their tag division, I think it might be time to introduce some tag titles to give this uh, some more depth to these shows. Mm -hmm. And my, yeah, I don't know if that's in the works or not, but I, I think it would benefit some of these, these, some of these teams to have a, more of a purpose maybe to have a title to chase yeah we definitely uh need tag titles soon yeah i think i think it would add i think because like if 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 you know you have a main event for the the singles championship some of the other roster members they won't seem as maybe lost if they have a storyline that's leading to a tag title yeah i think a lot of it came down to why we haven't had tag titles so far is that um, meaning of the year, they're still waiting for a lot of these uh, girls to develop. So now that everybody's kind of set in, and uh, we talked about it on the last episode with Valke, that now they have a lot of established teams, whether, you know, a lot of variations too. So like, you know, we have Chika and Koki, and we have Koki and Natsuki, uh, Natsumi and Natsuki. You know, there's different variations in each unit that can tag together. Yeah, it, their tag division could be just incredibly deep especially if they have titles at some points and I, I think that uh, that probably is what happened they were trying to develop this whole roster the last you know two years mm-hmm. I, th- I think a tournament would be great and again another tournament would be great to like uh get the girls on the show uh get like really great matches out of like everyone and have some highlight on some people um and I think I think tag titles is the way to go because that would give uh, a lot of people more uh, incentive to probably go harder. 
<laughs> which so most people, most of the girls are. They're really trying to get good in there. So I think the tag stuff, uh, I think we do really want more of in 2024. But I, I think I think we've gotten a good amount. Uh, also, because of the way they use the tag team matches is they set up um, a lot of the big matches. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the Asahi match. The tag team match before that was Asahi killing Miku. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, she, um, yeah, she pinned Miku in that. I yeah. think Asahi busted her face open, too, in that match, didn't she? The tag yeah. match? Yep, yep. And that, that was, like, so memorable just because of, like, how, like, hard, like, Asahi was going. So, like, like the again, the tag team stuff was just insanely great. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's kind of something that maybe doesn't always get talked about that tag division has the potential to just be insane and a lot of times too on the uh the non-corican shows some of the tech stuff steals the show oh yeah like the shinkiba stuff that's like a staple or just just fun tag matches but i think titles or you know even in the number one contendership could you know main event a shinkiba show to set up you know, maybe add stakes to some of these matches. Yeah. I was thinking too, like, uh, we don't, they don't need like a secondary singles title. I think more so, like, if they keep just doing the either like another rookies tournament, even though they're not technically rookies anymore, but if, or if they do just a number one contendership tournament, that would help a lot of these girls a lot. It would give them more incentives, to, as Pedro was saying, to go harder. Yeah. I think, I think, um, any anything to keep the fire going under these rookies or not even rookies at this i think some of them are you probably don't even want to call rookies anymore but yeah it's always like a, a probably a challenge to keep them motivated maybe as you know if they're not going to be in a main event going for a title they may feel directionless so it could help yeah it would help up a lot and you know we could space it out we could do one towards the beginning of the year like obviously we might get the tag tournament in like the first quarter and then maybe lead into a singles tournament and then have another singles tournament at the end of the year to determine the challenger for next year's uh, this year's end of the year show yeah i think i don't have i like tournaments personally i think they can you know they can they're a good storytelling element plus it you know it gets people talking when you have like a bracket you know you know who's gonna who who could face off next you know after you know round one or whatever i think there's a lot of potential there yeah yeah, and then uh, I keep forgetting they they actually ended up doing a unit tournament as well. That's how we got the birth of the Osaka Army. Yes, <laughs> the Osaka Army. That's that's a team. Yeah, but bringing it back around, uh, Natsuki picks up the win of this matchup with a cutie special onto Allen in eleven minutes and thirty eight seconds. Broke down these girls' rule. Uh, yep. Next is the semi main event: Koki versus Natsumi Sumikawa. Koki taking on here the leader of t- uh, the Royal. Not Sumi Sumikawa. Sumi, very intense here. Yeah, she she seemed to have something to prove in this match, and maybe it was to prove to Koki that uh, it's not your time. Like, I'm still the leader. Yeah, I'm still the yeah the queen here. Mm-hmm. And you now, obviously, Koki coming off the tainted win, and you know, losing in the semi main, and then them setting this up. Uh, the tell us all this time here, Koki getting kicked in the head. That happens to her a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, me, uh, Natsumi likes to kick people in the head. Uh, Misa as well, she enjoys kicking in the head a lot, too. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, uh yeah, as we're talking about Natsuki's mean streak, she got uh Koki in an armbar here, and even when Koki got to the rope, she was still trying to break it. Yeah, she she has that where it's like she just wants to go for the win. Like, you know, sometimes people do moves and it's like you can feel like they're just doing like maybe even a rest. It does not feel like a rest hold when Natsumi's slapping on a submission. Mm -mm. She's going for the kill. Yes. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Koki still hasn't grown enough to beat her leader. She gets defeated by a, a nasty meteor here. By Sumikawa in 11 minutes 57 seconds. If there's anything more you guys want to say about this match, please go ahead. No, I think I think you covered it. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a good match. Um, I think Sumikawa again. I think I think this is more of a more of a point for Sumikawa to prove than Koki. I think again. I don't. I think I think she showed Koki just isn't there yet. Um, we do really like Koki still, but. Sumikawa. <laughs> it's Sumikawa. <laughs> mm -hmm. I also think too that this ending of this match, you know, Koki losing, I think it kind of helped her reel her back into the royal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I know we we started like uh, a theory of uh, <laughs> Koki wanting maybe leaving. Uh, Jeff, do you think that's in the play at all? In, in the in the short term, probably not. But I think stuff like this could be something they could point back to, like maybe at the end of the year, if Koki's feeling like she's under Natsumi's thumb too much, you can point back to stuff like this where she's like, "I'm tired of you not treating me like an equal," kind of thing, you know? Yeah, they could even play it up like how they did with Starlight Kid and Mayu, or you know, uh, maybe not have. Koki be forced to leave, but maybe she like she, you know, gets courted by like could it on or something. You know, somebody one of the other groups courts her, and you know she has a, she has a chance to go back to the world, but she chooses to go the other path on her own. Yeah, I think I think Koki. Yeah, her. I think her path to a main event. There's probably different ways to go, and her turning at some point on Natsumi could be could be what's. In store, I'm not sure. Poor Natsumi, that'll be the third person. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna have to watch who she be friends. Mm, she wants to keep eyes on Natsuki next. <laughs> Maybe the next Mayu of the promotion now. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> during their backstage comments, you can hear uh, Mari's music playing in the background. Yeah, that happens a lot, that, like Corkin, because they they they're in that that hallway. But yeah, I I do remember that too. You hear you hear her music going, and you like you start getting the excitement. You're like, I can feel this. It. It's time. It's right there. Yep. And let's go, let's move on over to there. Acros Girls Championship match. Mari taking on champion Miko Ono. Big fight feel here, fellas. I had you know I got chills a little bit when they're making their entrances. It felt like a a a main event, like you know, you you, know, you say main event anywhere, and I felt like this Corican crowd was was alive for it, and I think they they were invested, and I just think both both of both Miku and Mari just delivered. Yeah, and a, a nice little touch that they both of them did in their entrances is they bowed to the crowd. 
Yeah, they did actually. You're right. Both of them acknowledged because a lot of the orange seats were filled behind behind hard camp. So, you know, they're acknowledging that, you know, thank you all for coming to watch us. Yeah, I just think they 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 knew it was something they needed to, you know, they've been building to with, you know, Mari always getting Miku's number in singles matches. And I think I I wasn't sure which way this match was going to go, but I think that uh, this will be something that they, you know, people, fans who you know are new to the product, this could be something that gets them into it, you know, a match like this. Yeah, they came. They came to play too, and with the the foreigners in the crowd that I was talking about earlier, you know, they were they were rocking too. They were getting really into it. And a lot of, you know, normally you don't really hear a lot of expressiveness from the crowd, but you know, we had some people out in in the audience uh, yelling when certain things would happen. It, yeah, and I think at the 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 end of the match too, the crowd just. I think the reaction of the crowd and reaction of Mari, and then also Miku. I think I think it was just a perfect ending. And I think the crowd was a huge part of it. Jeff, I, I want to ask you, uh, I'm going to make this very, uh, a big question for you. Why this match? Why, why do you think for fans that have maybe uh, jumped on in the last year or two, why do you think this match means so much to us? I think it's because both were maybe the they you could consider them old guard who both of them you know it staying with the company it was a sacrifice you know they you know some of the other people went on and went out freelancing and they stayed and it wasn't a guarantee that this this young roster was gonna flourish like they did and i think I think people want to see this company succeed and they they want to see these veterans who who give so much like Mari is you know she is so much more than just in ring and I think Miku to to an extent you know I remember I interviewed Nagisa and Nagisa you know looks to Miku as her her mentor and I think I think they both have been so vital to building this new era that them to have this big match and for Marie, she, uh, Mari, she hadn't really been in this position, and it felt like it was it was overdue. I think very much overdue. This is her uh, this is her first championship ever. Yeah, that's correct. You're right. Yeah, never won anything. Um, but yeah, this match, this match, I don't want to give too much of it away. I think everybody should go watch it if you're interested in getting into the promotion. Definitely watch this match. But, it's on know, YouTube. Like... It's on YouTube now, as of Already. like five minutes ago. <laughs> Already, but yeah. They, they go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. Oh, as you said, that's 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 a great idea because they do that a lot when a match mm-hmm. starts to get buzzed. They're pretty smart at getting that stuff out there, and yeah. I think this is one that needs to be seen. I think you can go into this match cold and not know the backstory, and they're so good in the ring, and the crowd was so hot that you'll appreciate it. But if you do, maybe if you're a new fan and do a little research, you, you, you'll see this was a special, a special moment for this company. It definitely was special. And, um, they light each other up with kicks. Uh, I was going to say too, uh, as you were saying, they're very smart about it. Even back when, um, when Poi 
in Ana were doing their stuff in Stardom. They're uploading their matches. Like they uploaded sorry uh, Sorry's match with Julia. They uploaded the beginning tag because they you know Stardom ran it because of him because of retirement. Like they have their finger on the pulse of what's going on around them. Yeah, and they have that archive, and they're 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 not afraid to dip into it and say, "Look, we had these people in the past." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I think one of the the big the two of the big moments in this match is uh, there's an exploder on the floor, which crazy. That was a thud that scared me. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was. The, I mean, they are they're they're going full full bore in this match. They yeah. weren't holding back. When, when Miku caught her leg, I was like, say your prayers. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, obviously, Miku throwing her uh, San Hansen lariat from behind. Those, yeah, we, we talked about Goto's lariats being, I've mentioned that about Miku before to people that she, and I, and I don't mean as a slight, she's maybe not the smoothest at times, but she does hit those lariats kind of like Stan Hansen, like it's, it's gonna hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. It's gonna hurt. And, I also I love the way she uses her kicks. Those kicks are just maybe the hardest you're gonna hear in wrestling. It's like like a gunshot. Oh, they're they're definitely gunshots. And I know their hamstrings are tight after that. I I saw I saw one of those live because I was at March at Cork and and she kicked Koki right in front of me, and I I joked that when I was a kid. I went to a house show for WWF and I kind of realized maybe there's some validity to people saying this isn't real and it's soft. And then here I am in my 40s sitting at Cork and Hall going, no, this shit's real. That kick was real. <laughs> I, I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> yeah. Did you hold your leg when she, when you kicked her? Ah, oh, damn. I held my breath. I was like, this is going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And they got into a kicking contest early in this matchup, and it's just like, yep, you hear them, boom, thud, thud. Yeah, they both, they both are hard strikers. Yeah, in terms of like them not calling this wrestling, or you know how it is, uh, they aim for the greatest uh, sound, like sound spots, like the kicks. They're like throwing them towards the like thigh and shin and the, like it's it's like incredible that they especially like miku having like the moveset like this where she's throwing the lariats the kicks she's got the drop kick she has the suplexes she she's got she's got it all when she does that kick where she goes to kick the leg out from her opponent to, you know kicking their shin that is just so vicious that is it it's it reminds me of like a shoot fight like a real fight you know like you're saying, because they are, they are, you know, an entertainment group as they, they call themselves. But th- that's as real as it gets, I think. Those kicks. Some of them are thunderous, like that buzzsaw Mari hit. Yes, that rang through Corican. And then the the ending stretch of this match was beautiful. Uh, Mari kicking out of the Styles Clash, which I think only hand like two people have done, if I'm not mistaken. Act was one of them, and I think, some... did Asahi kick out of it? I think Asahi kicked out of it. It might have been them too, yeah. I think she pinned Asahi with it. I remember she won. She beat some one of her defenses was with the Styles Clash. I think she beat Act with it. I think Act. I think that's maybe when she debuted it. I think Act was pinned with it, and Asahi kicked out of it. I don't. There's been so many matches, you yeah. know. It's hard to remember everything. 
And uh, much like Danielson when he first got into AEW, uh, Miku during her reign used a multitude of finishes to her matches. She didn't just stick to one move to end matches. Yeah, I think that I think that's cool with her. She has multiple, so you don't feel like it's the pattern match. You know, mm-hmm. some people, you know, I remember over the years have complained like with Okada. You know, Okada has his moves he has to hit before the match ends. I think Miku, it's cool because you don't know what's going to be the finish. Because mm-hmm. look at the the match before this, the defense against Maru. She won with a backdrop suplex. Yes. Yeah, she beat like a couple of people with that. She did the the what is it the low the low lariat like the running one. She sliding the, D. Yeah, the sliding D. The she did the Hanson back of the head one. I think the Styles Clash did win something. I forget which one it was. Yeah, she beat um, she beat a couple people with that one. I I remember. So like yeah, she's. She's again. Ugh, I've, if I have to say it again, I think she's incredible. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, and then at the end, you know, the, the way Mari avoided the lariat into the blockbuster to, for the pin, I like the way she does it because it was the sm- transition was smooth between the lariat and the uh, the blockbuster. But the way she holds that pin is like she's holding on for dear life. Oh yeah, that that just added to the drama. Her just hoping she gets the three count. Yeah, and. Match ended up being six minutes, 16 minutes and 28 seconds. And then Mari let out a guttural scream of victory right after the, right after the three count. Yeah, that yeah, stuck. Incredible that finish. Was, yeah, uh, it was beautiful. I think really you could see like as, as you know, from the post-match when Mari's talking into her uh, post-match comments in, in the backstage area, you can see it slowly just setting into her. I don't think it fully hit her until later on that, you know, She's the champion now. Yeah, I, I think I think it was um I'm sure it was a lot for her to take in because she uh she'd been, you know, not the spotlight and then to have it on and you know, win at Cork and Hall, win a championship. Not a lot of wrestlers, I think, over the years can say that they have won a title at Corkin. And I don't know if that means I I, I would assume that means a lot to her. I'm I don't know. Yeah, because um, I started to think during her speech, because she started getting choked up and she wasn't really able to talk. Uh, I don't think it kind of made me realize maybe she never really thought that she would ever become a champion. It's possible, you know, that, that uh, you know, she maybe thought that her role was going to just be the player coach and all the behind the scenes stuff. But they, you know, they believed in her and they put the title on her and I, it's well deserved. Yeah, for good reason. As I said earlier, she is the face, and now she runs the place. Yeah. And you can see it, too. Um, very, very well done here. Uh, as she's talking, you can see the realization slowly set in Miku's face in the background. Yeah, I thought, I, thought, uh, I thought Miku sold the loss. Like, it meant everything to her to hold that title. And it meant it just destroyed her to lose it. I thought it was just perfect on her part, selling the loss. Mm-hmm. They do. They do acknowledge each other at the end. You know, they hug and they bow. Um, Miku laments that she uh, she apologizes to the crowd essentially for losing the championship. Yeah, I was uh, <laughs> I was pretty sad, like just yeah, watching her because it it's like sad. again, I've I've said it a million times. I I think she's been one of the greatest champions in 2023. Um, just performance wise, incredible. 
aura, vibe, everything, all those words. Um, you look at her and you think, how can you not think she's just like the ace and just like the the top star? Um, so I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad they finally gave us this and um just sad to see uh it end for Miku. Yeah, I think she's been one of my yeah, you know, she's probably been my favorite wrestler for a few years now and I wasn't sure how long the title reign was going to be. I could have seen it, you know, maybe being like, you know, an all-time record-setting run. But I think her run was strong enough where it's there's no shame in losing when she did, like, what, uh, nine months in or whatever. I think she had a, a strong run that I think people were going to look back on and go, I missed it at the beginning when she was there with the title. But, you know, they're going to look back and realize she she is a a classic champion in in every sense of the way, you know, the, uh, the fighting champion. She was the perfect person to establish this championship. Oh, hundred percent. I agree yeah. with that. It's going to be look. this, this run is going to be looked up, looked up upon, looked back, looked, looked back upon just how we look back on Miyuki's run with the belt. Oh, exactly. I think, I think there's a lot of, a uh, lot of parallels there. It's just, Someone you can build, you know, put a company on the back of, and um, she carried herself like a proud fighting champion. And um, I, I think that that's a classic template that you can never go wrong with. And you know, with how good she is and what she's done this uh, the past two years, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do do a tag team tournament for the titles that she wins that as well. Oh, a hundred percent that she, 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 yeah, she definitely any, I think any time, uh, they decide to bring out the title, she will be probably the odds on favorite to be, you know, the champ for, you know, the inaugural champ too of that. Yeah. Um, during the backstage comments, as we, as we wrap it up here for these heroes, uh, you could see the more and more Mari, like she's the emotion setting in on her face. Like those are real tears. Like she's actually crying while trying to speak to the interviewer. Yeah, it was, it was, you could tell it meant a lot. Like she, she isn't someone who was just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a job to her. I think it, she understood that they, they believed in her. And uh, I think she understands what it means now to be champion, what it's going to mean going forward too. And she got to see uh, Miku, you know, what Miku's done with it. And also, too, it might have felt honestly like a, a thank you to her from not only the promotion and Sakaguchi, but the other girls as well. Like, thank you for helping us. Now it's your turn. Yeah, I think I think it's true. I think I think everyone wanted to see her succeed. And even though Miku's run maybe wasn't as long as maybe some fans wanted it to be, I don't think they're going to resent Mari being the champion. I think she was probably the right person to end the reign. Yeah, and I guess the only defense we didn't get was Natsumi, but as we said earlier, she's already beaten Natsumi this year, so it's not like we haven't gotten that match. But I think, yeah, this, I, as as you're saying, this is the perfect person to end this reign and the perfect time to do it heading into the new year. Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious where she goes with the title, how long she holds it, if it, you know, if they plan a long run for her or if it's maybe a tr- i hope not a transition but i don't think it'll be end of the world if it's a transitional rain anyways but we'll see 
Yeah, we'll see where they go. They could go. My the I like the odds on favorite is probably not uh not Sammy getting it at some point. I feel like yeah, she she'll have a run before her career's over. Yeah, I think they're gonna go like through that progression of like the veterans that were there. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, as we wrap it up, uh, Miku, Miku graceful in defeat as ever. She her role as champion was very important to this year for them. She did an excellent job of leading this promotion and showing the world what Acres is all about. Pedro, do you have anything to add? Um, I think we've. I think I've said it enough that I think she, again, best champion twenty twenty three. Um, one of my favorite wrestlers to watch in terms of quality, aura, um, the way she carries herself in ring, out of the ring, just like. Um, every a lot of champions in 2023 overall in wrestling were kind of on the weak side, like in terms of uh, just like not having an actual reign to really grasp upon. So when I watched her, I think she put on. She tried to use every aspect she could to be like, "Hey, this is my company. This is my belt." This is how I'm gonna wrestle, and this is how I'm gonna. This is how I'm gonna win and carry, uh, like the match, the company, <laughs> everything. Like the way the way she did everything was just perfect. Um, and I think she should be an example of what the future champions and honestly, Joshi, uh, maybe Joshi rookies and youngsters should probably look upon reigns like this. And look at her as like um just a, a big example of what you should do as a champion or like anyone that wants to carry themselves uh highly because she put over people, she gave people wins when she they kinda didn't have to, she teamed up with people, she gave spotlight when she had to. She she just did everything right and I think um she's someone I hope sticks to Getting some spotlight in the year because, again, I think she's incredible. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. She, uh, like I said, she's been probably my favorite wrestler for the last few years, and I think she has that. I mean, even without the title now, I think she's going to still be a very important part to this company. Yeah, uh, I just want to add real quick that you know. As we as we're talking about the example she set, I mean, look at Asahi for example. Like she came over because of Miku. That's the person she wanted to wrestle was Miku. She left Ice Ribbon only because of what was going on there. But you know, the fact that she really just wanted to be around Miku. Yeah, she carries herself in that traditional. You know, you know, even back you could go back years. You know, when I was a kid in the eighties, it was like the champion was the top of a promotion, but it was like, it felt like just getting a title shot against Miku was like how in the old days where it's like, if you have that on your resume to say, you know, I had a title shot, you know, that could be your career. And I think she brought back some of that old school feel, you know, the champion who just enhances everything that she's around. Mm -hmm. And she 100% didn't have to do anything with the greatest Aqua, but she 
you know, she put it over. <laughs> she she made she made it. Like no, I wouldn't say she made it 100%, but you know, she helped Asako, you know, lean into that character. Yeah, she could have just been like, "Look, I'm I'm the top here. I'm the champion. I don't need to be around comedy." But I think her being so serious and then kind of just being bewildered by this this lunatic Asako, I thought, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it was it was great." It was yeah, definitely great. Yeah, and I like the point you made about, you know, just bringing some of that luster back to, you know, just being able to face the champion, meaning a lot to a lot of these girls. And, you know, her help, you know, she's the first champion, obviously, of, the, of this new regime, but the title's lineage still goes back to, as we said earlier, other, you know, the previous champions. But, you know, her basically establishing this prestige that this belt has already, you know, she's only been, she's with the first champion, but this belt already has like a very, uh, high prestige around it. Yeah, and I think um, I think that that is it, it was a simple a simple formula, but I think it's one that has always worked. I mean, it it's similar to like you know Bruno San Martino, even you know just the fighting champion that it's an honor to just be across the ring from them with the title on the line. Mm-hmm. And then whoever beat whoever beats them obviously gets. A huge amount of credibility. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, I think that'll wrap up a review for the uh, their run of shows and the cork and for Acros Girls. This is their end of the year. Acros Girls is end of twenty twenty three. A strong year. I hope they can continue to grow and I hope they continue their momentum in twenty twenty four. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Pedro, do you have your plugs? Um so uh, we have an outlet episode coming out uh, sometime next week. It will be me, Belkic, and Sonata. Um, yes, we probably will talk on Acris Girls and get Belkic's input on the shows. Um, I think uh, we won't do like a full review, but we definitely will get his take. Uh, he also has his own uh, podcast, Acris Stage, so. Um, if you want to hear more, you can hear go on my. You can go hear our show, his show, this show. Uh, we well, again, we're trying to spread uh, more Icarus love as much as we can. Yeah. Um, uh, follow me on Twitter, plug Pedro nine nine. Uh, thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, I think you add a lot to the world of Icarus, and uh, I we all see that you're very much an important part of. Um, helping others and getting the word out there also. So thank you so much. Oh, it's my, it's my pleasure to be here. And I, um, I just enjoy talking about the company and writing about it because um, I think there are more people paying attention now, but um, you know, there's, I think there's probably more, there's more fans out there for the, you know, that should probably discover this company and find that, uh, there's a young roster that is just growing by the day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Jeff. Um, yeah, I yeah, I yeah, I appreciate it and uh I will uh I I plan on continuing to cover the company and uh I actually will be going to Japan uh in middle of February and I hopefully will be doing some some live attendance too. So, Ooh. I look forward to that. And I will be going to uh um I, I, I don't think it's a secret. I'm friends with uh Yumi Agawa, the, the ring announcer, and uh I will be going to her stage play 
is February seventeenth. So maybe something cool will come of that. We I, that I'll be writing about. We'll see. Amazing. Glad to hear that things are looking up in the world of Acris for you. Yes. I'm looking forward to having you on again. I hope, I hope this continues. Yeah. Please, no if you have if you have any other plugs you would like to join, if you would like to throw in here, the floor is yours. Uh, I mean, I mean, I do music as well. I have a band camp. It's uh, Jeff Brown One at whatever dot bandcamp dot com or whatever. You can check out some of my music that I do because I try to include my 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 artist uh, being an artist. That's kind of my worldview looking at wrestling. I don't do you know, I don't do star ratings. I I do more impressions of matches than full reviews, so I think, yeah, you can check out my music and check, keep checking out my writing. I appreciate it. I, it was great to be here. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.